Maniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and I am going on about four hours of sleep. I have been up for too much math, can't do it, 17, 19, 19 and a half hours now. I just recorded two episodes of the Needless Things podcast. First, I'll go ahead and give it away now because it's in the can. I talked to Julia and Eric LeWald. Uh, Eric was the showrunner for the 90s X-Men animated series. That episode goes up two weeks from today. It was fantastic. I'm so excited to have spoken to them. And it almost, to a certain extent, feels like a companion piece to episode 110, which was my interview with John Semper Jr., the showrunner for Spider-Man, the animated series. Uh, It was was awesome. I'm still on a high from that. Uh, They're great. And hopefully... Uh, other future things are going to come out of that conversation. We'll see. Uh, and I just finished talking to our pal Mike Gordon, and that is today's episode, which is all about our experiences at Momocon 2018. Uh, as you all know, hopefully you guys uh, go to NeedlessThingsPodcast.com, and after you've clicked on the Amazon box and purchased your Amazon goods at no extra cost that help out Needless Things, you actually do look at the articles, because I know you all go there just to help the site out by clicking that Amazon box, but but hopefully you read the articles, too. Uh, I've often heard it said, I just go to needless things for the articles. Uh, but anyway, this past week, uh, Monday, I put up my, my written Momocon review, which has some different details from what Mike and I discussed. Uh, Tuesday, Beth had a piece go up. When, the, every day this week, there's something new. Uh, Wednesday, I put up my, my monthly previews. Jerry did something on Thursday. So all five days on NeedlessThingsPodcast.com this week, there's content, fresh new content available. We haven't had a five-day week in a while because I'm old and tired and I just can't do this shit like I used to. Uh, but anyway, I talked to our pal Mike Gordon. We had a great time discussing Momocon. We had a great time at Momocon. And you are going to enjoy that conversation, is my guess. Uh, I want to talk a little bit. There are a couple of things I want to address because this is the intro, and that's where I do this kind of thing. First of all, I have neglected Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, We have been not great at keeping up with the CW shows uh, this season. We are probably eight episodes behind on Arrow. Uh, We did just finish Flash, and I have to say that overall the season was terrible. Uh, I loved Elongated Man. Uh, Ralph Dibney was the highlight of the season until he, spoiler alert, got absorbed into DeVoe right? The thinker, whatever he is. Uh, just a, a shit season, honestly. They they have got to stop these season-long story arcs. Uh, so Arrow, we're not caught up on. Supergirl, we're like 12 episodes behind because that show is just unwatchable now. Uh, we all agree. Legends of Tomorrow, however, is absolutely fantastic. We got all the way through. We watched everything. It's so much fun. It's so great. I loved Wally on it. I hate that he's leaving the show because I feel like he really came into his own and was honestly the best hero in the CWDC universe because he was proactive. Nobody had to tell him, hey, maybe you should take your hand and vibrate through that thing. Oh, maybe you should use your super speed to do this. He He just did stuff. He took care of business. He was great. And now he's leaving the show. But I think Legends is still going to be a strong show going forward. I'm very excited about the next season, so that's great. Uh, What else TV-wise? Westworld is blowing my mind again. Legion, ah, it's a little abstract this season. It's a little slow. I'm still enjoying watching it, but it's not compelling me like the first season was. 
but I, you know, I can watch a couple episodes at a time, and I'm still digging it. I love the cast, uh, and I'm I'm delighted that it got a third season. Uh, Gotham wrapped up wonderfully this season. I can't wait for the next season, although it sucks that it's only going to be, I think, ten episodes is what they said. Uh, it's it's so much fun, you guys. If you're not watching it, just just give it a shot. Go back to the not this past season, but the one before it. Go back to the start of the, I guess, third season and just check in and give it a shot. And if you can't deal with how loony it is, that's okay. Uh, but it's fun, you guys. It's so much fun. Um, I, I think that's all I've got. It's a very brief intro, but I told you, I'm exhausted. And I had to get this stuff done tonight because last weekend uh, I worked all weekend and it was rough. It was a rough weekend. And I was supposed to talk to Mike Sunday night, and I just didn't have it in me. Uh, I knew that tonight, even though it's Thursday, and I've got to sit here and put the show together late at night after no sleep, uh, I knew that I'd be in better spirits heading into my long weekend off. Uh, because I got off today at 5, and I don't go back until... Uh, I got off today at 5 p.m. I don't go back until Monday at 5 p.m., so that's what I call my long weekend, uh, because I, I technically have four nights off. I have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. Uh, so I, I knew I'd be in better spirits now than Sunday. Uh, I knew if I recorded Sunday, because uh, I would know I was going back into work days Wednesday and Thursday, and those typically are the worst days to work, and indeed they were. Uh, I just knew I wouldn't be giving you guys the best Dave I could be uh, if we recorded that thing Sunday, even though it would have been a whole lot more convenient to have had the talking portion in the can then. Uh, I, I just didn't want to put out a show that I knew my heart wasn't in, and it wouldn't have been in it. Uh, but tonight, you got Excited Dave, you got Happy Dave, because not only were we talking about Momocon with, with one of my favorite people in the world, Mike Gordon, but I just came off the high of that fantastic interview with the LaWalds, who are just delightful people. Uh, so really, I, I think that's it. Did I mention go to NeedlessThingsPodcast.com, click on the Amazon box and see what's in there? Oh, also, check out our friends at Caught Dead Watching, and you know how to use Google so you can find it. Check out the new Casket Creatures album, Return to Wolfton. You know how to find that, too. You can use the Google. You're grown people, most of you anyway. I don't imagine there are too many, like, six-year-olds listening to this show. Uh, and even though they're not really friends, well, they're not at all friends of mine and I never imagined they would be. Uh, I really like the new ghost album and we may even do an episode about it, uh, Sunday before we record our June needless commentary. I'm not going to tell you right now what it is, but I will tell you it's kicking off our big event needless summer. Here at Needless Things. So there you go. There's a bunch of stuff. And now it is time to play a little music from our pals, the Mystery Men, and go straight on in to me and Mike Gordon talking about everything that went down at Momocon. Momocon. It just happened, and now we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the Momo Pros and the Momo Cons. Hey-oh! With our pal, Mike Gordon. Howdy! I see what you did there. <laughs> I, I hope you do, because I lit it up in neon and shot it into the sky. Yeah, you did. So Okay, so I, I did my little write-up of Momocon for the for the needlessthingspodcast.com for the actual website that people still go to occasionally. Uh and in that write up I mentioned that you and I uh had dinner, had a great dinner. Uh so great that I missed uh Bit Brigade playing Zelda, but that's okay because conversation with Mike Gordon cannot be replaced. Well, wow, that's that's kind of you. Um <laughs> but uh I, I feel bad for the orchestra. <laughs> well, that's okay. We we had we had a great time talking, uh, and and somebody asked, "Well, why weren't you recording?" And it's because we ate at Fananigans, Fandango, Fandango. Fandango's, <laughs> Fantanas, Fantanas. 
Yes. Anna Santa Danatana. <laughs> but it was very, very loud, and it would have been pointless to record. Because yeah. I, I thought about it. I was like, I wonder if I should set my recorder out on the table here. But I, it would have been worthless. We couldn't have done anything. Yes. Dantana is a sports bar, so yes. therefore no recording is, is even uh, yeah. considered. It would have been it would have been gibberish and nonsense, yeah. uh, so. as opposed to tonight's, which is going to be very intelligible and informative. Absolutely. Uh, so we were both down at Momocon. You were there significantly longer than I was there uh, yes. because you had a table. It was the first time I'm, I've been to Momocon. Uh, this is my fifth Momocon, so um, uh, so this in this this is the first time I've been there in a while, all four days. Oh, okay, okay. So this is, uh, like, last year I was only able to go to it, I think, one or two days. Uh, the year before that I kind of had to split it up because they've been, you know, it's during, uh, usually it's on a weekend where there's other stuff happening. So uh, other things have kind of moved away so that this one was my focus uh, this time. So um, my first Momocon was actually in 2011. Uh, when it was at the uh, Georgia Georgia Tech, um, we were actually we had a table. I was sharing it with uh, the award-winning Bobby Nash and Sean Taylor, um, and uh, it was at the Biltmore Hotel. And it was also took place on and part of the campus of Georgia Tech as well. There was uh, panels and whatnot going on in some of the classrooms, I think. So uh, I didn't see it all that, but um, I knew that it was something. Uh, something special then even though i didn't sell much uh i just uh i don't even think i had tiki zombie out then um i just had the scarlet o'neill books um but there was to get into the biltmore hotel there was a line outside um and it was huge and uh it was there all day Uh, i think they estimate there were around ten thousand people there that day and that was the last time they had it at Georgia Tech. Prior to that, they had had it at Georgia Georgia Tech. All that, like it was. That's where it started from. And then after that, they were like, "We need a bigger venue." And then they moved to some hotels. And I skipped all those. Um, and oh, okay. then when they went to the uh, World Congress Center, I was like, "Hmm, they're big enough to go to the World Congress Center. Let me see if I can get in on that action." So I did, and I've been so I've been there for the last four years as well. So well, and also the World Congress Center is just. One, it felt like everything was very well organized. Uh, you know, a lot of times, I, I would say Heroes Con is the best I've been to as far as making everything navigable and having where everybody is make sense. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, but I felt like Momocon did a really, really good job of that, too. Uh, I didn't have, you know, there there have been plenty of cons where, I, or several cons where I've tried to track you down and had a little trouble locating you. Yeah. Uh, and and this time I I, w- I made a beeline while I stopped off at the Lewald's table, which, by the way, two weeks from today, uh, Eric and Julia Lewald, uh, showrunners, or Eric was a showrunner on the X Men animated series, uh, are guests on the Needless Things podcast. I just concluded that interview. Uh, but I, I stopped at their table, but then immediately was able to find you with like, you, you were one of my first stops in the con with very little trouble. I didn't get frustrated. Like where the hell is he? And you didn't even have your tiki thing. I didn't have much. Yeah. I didn't have the tiki roof and my banner broke on the first day. So I couldn't even put up the tiki zombie sign. So, um, and there was a little mix up with the tables. Uh, they had told me the wrong table number. Um, so I was advertising to people that, I was going to be at you know, table oh, twenty three, right? And yeah. or, sorry, table fifty four, and I ended up being at table twenty three. So it was <laughs> table was... fifty four. Where <laughs> are you? Exactly. So, um, so I did hear from some people that like we can't find you. We don't know where you. Are. We've tried. We've looked. And we were giving up. We're going home. And I'm like, no. But, um, <laughs> I need your money. I mean, your companionship. I, exactly. I mean, please, what? Yeah, please. Uh, but um, they uh, no, they um. Yeah, so, but I still, I mean, there was a lot of traffic. I mean, it still was busy. I mean, I think they they uh, broke, uh, they're just getting bigger and bigger. I think the they, they released the, the data that it was 35,000 people this year. So, yeah, I think that's what I saw. Yeah, so they're, they're growing. Not as, like, in biggest chunks as, say, like, Dragon Con does, but, because Dragon Con, it seems like they're, like, five to 10,000 strong, like, with each 
one that they do. Whereas uh, um, they're, they're, you know, Momocon's only like three to four thousand each time. That, but they're still growing. So, um, which is weird because I, I, you know, I posted a ton of pictures. I love taking pictures of uh, the various costumes, especially ones I recognize. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Momocon, right. it almost seems like it's a game. It's you like, got eight pictures you. this year. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but, um, I'm like, Hey, I know what you look like. Um, you know, I, I recognize, I get that reference. Although right? sometimes um, you're wrong. Exactly. Yep. I did find yep, that happened this year. Um, but I posted a bunch of pictures and there was a number of people that told me, wow, it looked like it was dead. Like there was just like, it looked like there was nobody really? there for your pictures. And I'm like, okay, so. That's a little misleading, I guess, because one thing about the World Congress Center is that it's wide. Like, there's a lot of room. Yeah. And those those aisles are really wide. So, um, yeah, so I do apologize for the folks at MomoCon, so, because I didn't mean to make it look like your show wasn't really doing well, because it there was a lot of people there, and that was obvious all the time. Well, fear not, but, Mike Gordon, because if you go to the Needless Things Facebook page... My pictures show large swaths of people <laughs> all throughout everywhere. So it's it's properly represented there. Awesome. That must be why you had the press pass and I did not. That's right. You were not yeah, you were not there to promote the show. You were there to to sell uh issue 4 of Tiki Zombie. Well, not exactly. <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> so, uh, so you've but you've got a history with with the show or with being at the show that I do not. I have only seen it from afar. Uh, really, only been aware of it for the past maybe five years because it's not my corner of of pop culture for the most part. Right. I mean, it's, and it's, you know, and it's been growing steadily over the years. And it's not something that if, if you weren't in the know, then you wouldn't know what was going on, really. Yeah. Um, uh, cause it happens in a space that, you know, you just don't go to automatically. Um, and it's much like AWA. I'm, I've never been to AWA. AWA is one of the biggest conventions in Atlanta, but I, I, I it's, that would be a step too far for me. <laughs> I don't know. I'd like. To, I'm curious about it. I will say that I not enough to like pay money to set up there, but I'm curious about it because I just like to. I, it's kind of like you were experiencing with Momocon. I like to go to conventions, maybe not for the whole weekend, but and see people being passionately excited about um, about something. You know. Um, my uh, a couple years ago, my uh, brother-in-law invited me to uh, I think it's called T Fest or T Con, which is a Transformers convention that just happened to be in Charlotte that year. Yeah, and so I was like, yeah, sure. I'm not into Transformers at all, but I wanted to, and and sure enough, I I went there and it was like there was a ton of people and the vibe was amazing and there were Transformers stuff everywhere and everybody was running around excited and I was like, yeah, it's kind of cool how. You know, I think that gets lost in this day and age where, you know, people think that if they like one thing, that they're the only ones that experience that. But no, no, it's like everybody has their fandoms and they're very similar, you know, whether it's whether you're into anime, whether you're into comics, whether you're into Transformers, whether you're into sports, whether you're into like, you know, like whatever you're into the, the various conventions and events that are held regarding that hobby or that passion are very similar, basically. Yeah, and, and you know what? I think that, because you and I talked, the, the thing that I want to do, that, that I've been expressing the most about my experience there is the energy and the enthusiasm and the love of the attendees. Because, I mean, these were kids. They, they were, for the most part... These yes. were children. the 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 average age there probably didn't even come close to thirty. No, I don't think so. And they all, uh, as you and I both observed, nobody cared about anybody's 
gender or race or affiliations or background or anything else. They were all just there to celebrate. I don't even know that they were celebrating fandom. I feel like they were just celebrating that togetherness and and being in the same area. It was just a party. It really was. And I do think, though, that Momocon being a little bit more focused maybe contributes to that because when you know anime and video games and cartoons the the focuses of momocon tend to have a lot of overlap and when you have a a more solid core like that i think there's probably less splintering socially because it's something like dragon con you've got firefly and star wars and muppets and you know you there are so many different fandoms that sure you can create a venn diagram that has a pretty strong middle but you can also go way off to the edge and not dabble in anything else but at momocon it's very it's much more focused and i think that creates an overall more inclusive vibe i would i would agree with that yeah i mean i i don't and I'm not saying that Dragon Con is in any way really all that clicky or anything like that. And there's certainly, uh, you know, it's not like it's it's fractured in any way. But it it's also just there's so much there, so many different things. The people the people that are truly invested in the classics track um, probably are not experiencing. Uh, the Silk Track. You know what I mean? No, exactly. Whereas I mean, at I, Momocon, I feel like anybody there could have gone to any of the events there and enjoyed them to 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 a degree. As much as I love Dragon Con, and heck, I post, uh, I mean, I host a, um, a, a monthly podcast about it all year round. Um, so, <laughs> right. and, 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 and I do. It's my favorite show, period. Um but I mean, by its very nature, it does. I don't want to say promote. Um, what did you call it? Clickiness. But yeah, but right. I mean, it really is like thirty some conventions jammed into one. Like like it's a convention for Star Wars. I mean, that has its own track, and you can just do that if you want. You, it's a convention for you know classics track and celebrating classic stuff, and you can just stay there if you want. It's like you said, the silk track. It's the science. It's like there's like thirty some tracks that you know each one. There are people who just go for that track, and that's they're fine with that. They have to deal with everybody else, you know, in the habit trails and everything like everybody else. But yet there's still that that vibe now. There are people that makes a match, and there you can do whatever you want, and they they all come together and have a big huge party, and that's pretty awesome. But you're right, this is much more focused, but it's much more, and it's also much for much more about celebrating what's out there now. I mean, it's not uh, celebrating like you know, there's not a lot of people there that are are representing like old cartoons or old style animation or. Uh, old style video games, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You, you'll see some retro Atari shirts, but that's about as far as it goes, right? So this is all about like enjoying what's out there now, um, you know, living in the moment, really, which is what you know. I guess it, it all is is, is 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 being young is about. I don't know. I'm. Not, it's been a long time. Like you said, like on average, you know, it's probably way under 30, and you're probably right. So that means for every one of me there is, there's a baby. So, <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting to see. Uh, I, I went to one, one of the events I did. Now, what, did you go to any kind of – well, you were at your table the whole time. I was at my table the whole time, but I did actually – I did go to a panel – um, I did. I did go to a panel on. Um, I think it was creating indie games. Okay. Um, uh, I actually went there because a friend of mine had asked because he wanted to meet or, or wanted to talk to uh, a creator there, and I was like, "Sure, I'll just swing by and and uh, say hi." So I caught the tail end of this panel, 
Um, I was amazed at how many people were in the panel. Um, uh, not, I mean, on stage. There was a lot of people on stage, but I mean, uh, like in the room, because uh, you know, you just never know how these panels go, and uh, that there was a huge regard for these independent creators. And these are these are independent creators of video games, not people who are working for you know the big guys. Right. Right. And uh, and yet there's a lot of love for that. And there's, you know, one thing that they talked about was how open things are now to how easy it is for people to create their own video games and how that's an art form and a, and a narrative that people can participate in now, which was not an option for certainly us for, you know, our youth. Yeah, and that's got to be, uh, to an extent, it's got to be a very rewarding medium because you know, you know, you, you as a writer... Uh, you you put your stuff out there, and people buy a comic from you or a book or whatever, and you're like, okay, well, they're going to take that home and read it, and I hope they enjoy it. But video games are like a different level of, of interaction and, I guess, user satisfaction. Like, there has to be a different kind of joy from being that video game creator and knowing that people are actually like imagine if somebody could walk onto the island that Tiki Zombie takes place on and actually interact with the characters and and take part in the story yeah i mean it's a it's an amazing medium and uh i was it's something that i've thought you know perfectly about but i haven't really dove, dove into and so uh, I was kind of fascinated by just just learning about this medium that I really didn't know much about. I just took it for granted that, yeah, there are video games out there, but to, to see and meet some of these creators that are doing that and uh, trying to come up with different things, because that's really where the, you know, the indie anything is, whether it's indie music, indie comics, indie games. You know, you're talking about the people who are offering something different, you know, and and uh, and it's something different and successful enough becomes the norm. So that's pretty cool. Well, and that's I, I really liked. I don't know if you did. You have a chance to to really look through the panel program down there, like all the different stuff they had. Yeah, I mean, I I got a I got a copy of the program and I looked through it and I was like, well, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of stuff out here for games uh, gamers uh, people want to find out about you know they and they're the way they celebrate them was really nice i mean it's always nice to see creators get celebrated alongside talent and i when i say talent i mean you know the people who do the voice work or the acting or the on-screen stuff you know i uh i went to the first panel i went to well i only i only went to two different things but the first panel i went to was uh the Arby's social media company, which you think nerd convention and you don't necessarily go straight to Arby's social media, but, but if you've been paying attention to what Arby's has been doing over the last, what has it been a year or two? Uh, it's a, yeah, it's been a while now, I guess. I mean, those, I, their I, campaigns are right on the. I mean, they're right on the pulse of pop culture. Well, and that's what this was. It was the team because it's it's apparently a marketing firm that that works for Arby's. It's not like they're actually part of Arby's, uh, and they basically have free reign to pull from anywhere in pop culture and create. You know, they they tweet whatever references cosplay all that kind of stuff and it was fascinating to me not only to hear about their creative process and the types of resources that they had and the the time involved in their turnaround between idea and between releasing it to the public that was all very interesting to me because i'm always fascinated by different creative processes that i don't take part in and maybe not familiar with but what was really amazing was when they went to the Q&A portion of the panel, uh, a line of 30, maybe 40 kids got up there and started asking them all of these really savvy questions about marketing, about business, about the effect of public perception on this restaurant business. And, I mean, 
I, I was like, when I was these kids' age, I would have <laughs> gone up and been like, do you guys get free sandwiches? <laughs> like, that would have been my question. But they're really dissecting what these guys presented uh, and the way that that they do it. And it was it was just, that was another facet of my, I guess, admiration for the attendees at Momocon was that they were so tuned in to this thing that I'm not even really aware of because I'm an old, old man. Well, and I will um, I will echo that by saying that the kids that when there was a Q and A portion for the uh, the independent gamers, there was about twenty twenty five kids that uh, got up to to line up to the microphone, and every one of them was a question that I was like, "Wow, this kid is really like into this, and this is an important event for him because he's like getting to ask and meet these people that he wants to participate in this as well, not just um." On on level eighty four, how do you get past the boss villain? Like you know, they're not questions like that. Right, know? right. Yeah, it's about the actual production, about the development, about yes. you know how things happen, and and that's I admire that. I admire that greatly that these kids are that. And I keep saying kids. I don't mean that. That that comes from a place of jealousy, not a place of any kind <laughs> of derogatory connotation. Believe yeah. me. Yes, it's not like we were sitting there going, "You kids, get out of my con." You no, know, like, I no, I was seriously. It wasn't like, "Oh, look at all these dumb kids." It was like, "I want to learn from them. <laughs> I want teach that energy." Me. Yes, teach me your ways. Uh, so I, I saw that panel, and then I stopped in very briefly <laughs> uh, for one of the AMV panels. Uh, are you familiar with? the the term amv i am not okay so i didn't know what this was i had to have it explained to me by uh an acquaintance of my dear friend dana swanson who for for those of you who may have listened to the the slightly melancholy episode from a few weeks ago uh just just know that me and dana hung out all day saturday everything is cool there's you know as i said in that episode there are no issues. Everything's cool. So we hung out all day, uh, had a great time. But one of her coworkers, acquaintances, whatever, uh, had to explain what an AMV was to me. Uh, it is an anime music video. And little did I know, I invented the concept of the anime music video. <laughs> really? I had no idea, Mike Gordon. Uh, when I was... This was after high school uh, when I was moving from apartment to apartment. I had two VCRs, which at the time was pretty fancy pants. This is, this is like 97, 98. And one, one of my hobbies was I would take movies and splice scenes together and then put music over them. So I would, for instance, take Batman Mask of the Phantasm, splice a bunch of the action scenes together, and then put a ministry song over it uh, using the two VCRs to record into one thing. Right. Uh, and I actually still have a, a bunch of the ones that I made. but and, and it was just something I did for fun until it became just too tedious and I didn't feel like spending the time doing it anymore. Well, now that we have computers and you can do that kind of shit in like 10 minutes instead of 10 hours, the kids are doing it with anime, but in many, many, many different ways. And so the one that I went to was a late night panel called I'm not drunk enough for this AMV, which I assumed was going to be dirty, filthy, potentially offensive stuff <laughs> right and uh i went into the room and i was right but it was it was too much for me to take because as you know i've i've spent years hosting the dirty dirty con con game game show show which is as offensive as anything can be without delving into religion politics or race uh filthy filthy show we once put up a picture of a Hellboy that had penises for eyes. Uh, 
I went into this room and there is a child up with two monitors to either side of him and he is talking about ghosts crawling into somebody's butthole but in a much more graphic way than that. <laughs> wow. And then a video plays of something that I, I, I can't even begin to explain. I didn't understand what was happening. <laughs> and they brought two people up out of the audience, and the audience members had to come up with a filthy, filthin' something filthy. Uh, and I was just like, I, this is not... These kids are too young. I could be arrested for being in this room, I feel like. So I left. I couldn't do it. But what was interesting to me is I was under the impression Momocon uh, was a very... And this was at night. This was like 11 o'clock at night. But I was under the impression Momocon didn't really do stuff like that. But apparently they do. Yeah, I think... Isn't there a word for Japanese anime that's raunchy? Hentai is, is the thing you're looking for. Thank you. Uh, it's ten, I am ten, looking for it. Ten, you can send it my. You can, please, <laughs> no, please feel free to send it. No, my. no, Mike Gordon, you don't know what you're asking. <laughs> yeah, right. You do not need to see Legend of the Overfiend. I am going to regret no. saying that out loud. No, we are not doing a needless commentary about <laughs> about Uritsuka Doji. I think I pronounced that right. Uh, no, no, no hentai. Uh, but yeah. I, I, I mean, and I guess there is that presence there, which made me feel a little better because I was like, okay, so they're not completely pure and driven. Like, they're still dirty little bastards here. Well, and absolutely. And, and you know, and, you know, not to, not to paint this with rose, only rose-colored glasses, but I did hear that there was some uh, incidences uh, during the weekend, particularly at the rave, um that on so that was saturday night right yeah uh, so. i don't remember if it was was it i don't know oh yeah yeah it was because i was going to go to the rave and it was this was right after i went to that panel i was just talking about uh i'm not drunk enough for this amv and i went to where the rave was and the line was just ludicrous And I thought to myself, I was like, well, I can come back in like an hour and just walk right in. Because if you've been to Dragon Con, you know that's how it works. Like, never get in line for one of the ballroom party deals. Just come back like half an hour later. Uh, But I was like, I can go walk around and come back here in half an hour, 45 minutes. Or I can go to bed. (laughs) I went to bed. So uh, I, I I did hear that there was you know some of the normal or I shouldn't say normal because we shouldn't call it normal the uh, the um, shenanigans that happen at at raves or dances or clubs or parties you know like um, uh, inappropriate uh, rubbing and that kind of thing oh sure um, sure um, I do know also that there was a uh, a girl. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I can safely say call these uh, boys and girls um, that uh, was pretty much nude uh, that uh, got a ride home from the police. Oh, um, uh, I don't think she was accosted. Uh, I think she just was uh, really intoxicated. Really, she was really warm. She really needed to get out of that outfit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Um, um, and yeah, and you know there there are throughout the weekend there are reports, unfortunately, of uh, you know creepy old men uh, with cameras. Um, well, that that's, are attending this as well. That's so, another reason why I I went to bed. I didn't I didn't want to be one of those. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's just like if it walks like a duck, you know. Uh, yeah, uh, it takes pictures like a duck. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I, uh, and yeah, it is a concern of mine too. I mean, I feel, uh, like a little awkward. You know, it's like, I mean, I don't, I know that cosplayers like to have their picture taken, but, you know, it's like, and I usually don't mind asking at all. It's just like, oh, can I get your picture? Yeah, sure, fine. Okay. Um, Wait, quick poll between you you and me. Poll. Who's creepier, you or me? 
Well, I don't. I, I think I, I, I'm creepier because I feel like I look more like somebody who might be on cops. <laughs> whereas you look like a you look like a sweet guy. I'm a bearded man in a Hawaiian shirt. Right. So that right there could be considered kind of creepy. Well, yeah, I guess it depends on your flavor of creepy. Yeah. Now, granted, my <laughs> my gold chain around my neck is is small and subtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really need to you need to expand that thing out if you're really going to sell it. Need to, need you, to you probably need you probably need to unbutton the the shirt one more button too <laughs> if you really want to go for it. <laughs> um. So yeah, and I, but you know, I mean, I did, I do know that there was, you know, some. Uh, I did see the community sort of, you know, sort of rallying behind people and saying like, "Watch out for this guy who's taking pictures," and you know, that watch out for that. So they're on the alert. I mean, they definitely know how to use social media to to their advantage and be yeah, like, "Hey, yeah. look out!" Like, and, and everybody's paying attention, you know. So, so, um, and that's good to see. Um, but uh, yeah, so. As much as I like to think that it's a hundred percent, you know, uh, a, a great, great positive experience, which I would say it is ninety-five percent. There's that. There's that element there that you know. I guess no, no event can can completely wipe out. Yeah, I, I mean that's just I, that's going to be present everywhere, and it's not necessarily even just you know our our genre, pop culture, nerddom, whatever you want to call it. But even though the kids didn't even seem to like, you know, they weren't up in arms about it. They were just kind of like, watch out for that dude. Yeah. Like, it's just like, it was so casual. It's like, yeah, you know the dude I'm talking about? Oh, the one with the foreign accent? Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, just what, yeah, everybody watch out for him. And then we'll just move on and still have our party. You know, well, that's not, like. That's a good rule in general, though. Watch out for the guy with the foreign accent. Well, I don't want to get on that kick. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> I, I wore, it's funny because I that's the reason when you saw me Saturday I was wearing a suit and that's the reason I wore a suit was to look as like respectable and professional as I could and also I mean generally I try to look nice but like specifically I was like if I wear a suit I present a different image than I otherwise might but then once I got down there I was like well wait a minute is the suit creepy too <laughs> No, I mean, if you're walking around with a t-shirt and, you know, like one of those, if you're walking around with a t-shirt with a tuxedo printed on oh, it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, and run. With, with, with a huge, huge, like, you know, like lens that's obviously overcompensating for something, they're, they're pretty keen to that. Trust me on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, this thing goes from thursday through sunday afternoon but when we say that it literally is 24 7 they have programming from 2 p.m on thursday to 5 p.m on sunday well um and to be fair this is the first time since they were at the uh world congress center that they as far as i know this is the first time they had 24-hour gaming Oh, okay. Now, now the the dealers' room and artist alley closes at seven. Right. Uh, most of the programming is done by around that time. They still have events like the rave and the orchestra that you were talking about, concerts um, and other you know festival type events. But um, most everything. But the only thing that's really twenty four hours is the the gaming section of the hall. Well, they but there were panels at like two in the morning. Wow, that but, I did not. No, no. When I was going through the app, and I I already took it off my phone. Uh, there there were just standard panels at at all hours. Like literally, every hour had a panel for something, and that's. Uh, that AMV, whatever room that was in, was like twenty four seven. They had something going on in there. Uh, they had it, it was crazy. I couldn't believe it. Looking in the in that app, which by the way, gr- they are a great app. Yes, I did use that myself. I thought that it was really good. 
And it's different. I don't think it's... It, I kind of expected it, because they're strategic partners, I expected it to be very similar to DragonCon's app, but it was, dare I say, better. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was solid. They did a really good job with that. Uh, let's see. Anything else stand out to you? I'm trying to think what else... We talked about it, that, that wonderful dinner that we had. Of course, half the things we talked about were not Momocon. Right, right, yeah. I mean, we do, I know, the people who are listening are going to be really shocked to know that we go on tangents. Um, but, uh, no, I, I'm, I, I'm very uh, keen to, to understand why uh, uh, the kids thought that uh, you had the sauce. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, let me talk about that a little bit. So, Saturday night after dinner, I went back to my room, and, I mean, it was a convention. So, I wasn't going to go down there and not put on a costume of some kind, even though my costume is a very, very basic thing. It's just a mask and a suit. But, you know, you I, I, I wanted to get out and mingle and and wander around as one of the, the costumed people. So I put on my, my suit, my star suit, and my star mask that that were a happy coincidence because I back when I was still having the masks made, one of the, desi- one of the designs I really liked one year uh, was a big star over one eye, uh, kind of like Ace Fraley style, and then a series of stars around it. And I I had the mask made, not really knowing what I was going to wear with it. And that was the year I discovered Appa Suits, with the place that makes the crazy-looking suits. And they had a star suit. So it just worked out really nicely, and I wore that for the game show that year. Uh, so that's that's what I wore down at Momocon, and it's, it looks good. Uh, it, I mean, it is a solid combination it's very striking uh in the fact that the the mask and the suit are themed and then i have my silver shoes on uh it it just it's a good look but all night that i was wearing that thing people kept wanting to take my picture uh they kept telling me how awesome it looked uh they they it, it was really wild that with all of these crazy costumes walking around that people have spent hundreds of dollars and and dozens of hours on, I, like I felt like such an ass, honestly, to be taking any attention for my essentially store bought getup. Uh, but I got stopped so many times uh, for pictures, and and uh, one guy who is uh, he listens to the show and is a fan of the site. Uh, he was actually a couple of years ago. Uh, for the listeners, you may remember I featured these guys that did Centurions costumes, the the toy line Centurions, not like the actual Roman Centurions. Uh, this was one of those guys, and I guess I gave him a card when I took his picture, and he came up to me at Momocon. He was like, "Dude, what is going on? You're Phantom, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, well, hi," because I. When I get that, I'm always surprised. Like genuinely, not like ho ho. What? I, I I don't expect people to to really recognize me, especially in that environment, you know. Uh but he, yeah, he came up. He was like, "Hey man, I I, I was a centurion, and I started listening to the show, following the site. I'm, I'm a big fan. It's awesome to see you here. I got a picture with him. That's up on uh, my Instagram and on the Needless Things page." Uh, and then after that, I was kind of just standing around trying to figure out what to do, uh, very close to the final decision of I'm going to bed. And four or five kids came running out, and there was a lot of running around, a lot of dancing, a lot of partying. I saw a group of kids doing the Macarena. I shit you not. <laughs> um, lot, a lot of dancing down there. Uh, but these four or five kids came running up, and I hear, Oh, he got too much sauce! Oh! Oh! And before I know, these four kids are like around me, like bowing down, and they're like, Look at all that sauce! Oh, man, you got sauce! And then they run off. <laughs> and, like, the the real me, the central core of me, 
at other times in my life would have assumed that they were making fun of me. But they weren't. Like, because nobody in that place was making fun of anybody. Like, there was so much sincerity everywhere there. And I just could tell, like, and, and believe me, I am immediately will default to, they're probably mocking me. But that's not what this was. Like, they, whatever I had going on that night, they were like, that's cool. We're going to have fun and tell this guy he's awesome in our way that he doesn't understand and move <laughs> along to, to other adventures. Sauce. The sauce is awesome. That's awesome sauce. Uh, and, and another uh, part part of what contributed to that is on Saturday when Dana and I were kind of wandering around, uh, we found the karaoke room. And we saw, the first thing that we saw was uh, a girl was up on stage singing a song I was not familiar with. She was very good, but I didn't know the song. Uh, and then when she was done, these two guys, one of them who was probably an anime character but who also looked kind of like Andre 3000 from Outcast, which is an understandably blurry line, uh, got up, and the host was dressed in, it was like one of T'Challa's formal suits from Black Panther. Uh, it was very cool. It was a very long jacket with silver piping. And like, the guy looked awesome. He had a lot of energy. Uh, you know, with, with the stuff that I do when I get into a situation where I'm watching somebody host something or MC something, I, I can't help it. I immediately go into judge mode and determine if I would be doing a better job than they're doing. I would not have been doing half as good a job as this guy was doing. <laughs> uh, he was fantastic. Uh, and he gets on the microphone and he says, our next song, you know what? I don't even need to introduce the next song. I just here, here, here. And he gave the guy the microphone uh, and it was two guys, uh, and they each got a microphone. And the opening of Hey Ya by Outcast starts playing, and it's a little, like, it's a bit. It's a segment. And then the song starts, and over the first 20 to 30 seconds of the song playing, half the room just goes up to the stage. <laughs> and they are all singing every word of this song and dancing and smiling and just unironically there there's not a bit of of like i'm too cool for this it was just we're partying and this is amazing and i leaned over to dana and i was like oh my gosh these children think they're singing an oldie <laughs> because they were probably all like six when that song came out uh, but anyway, it, it was it was tremendous. And then after that, uh, another pair got up on stage and did Hakuna Matata uh, from The Lion King. And the guy doing Pumbaa's part was like Broadway caliber, ridiculous songster guy. And the the funny thing is, is, is we went in there kind of with, because uh, after we did the game show at Days of the Dead, we had planned to go and do karaoke. I don't know what song we were going to do, but Dana and I were going to do something together, and we just ended up not doing it because it was kind of, the karaoke atmosphere was kind of lame at Days of the Dead. But then we get here, and we were like, all right, well, we'll do it here. But then we saw those two things, and we're like, I think we were both kind of like, we're not following that. Let's just... <laughs> Let's just enjoy that we experienced that and move along with our day. But it was that, I mean, that that kind of just jubilant embracing of everything is what I saw all weekend long. Yeah, I um I yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um the the show's got a really really good positive vibe to it. Um, whether you're in the, the exhibition hall, whether you're at the panels, whether you're in the hallways, uh, whether you are out in the courtyard. That courtyard is hopping. Dude, that was the spot. Yeah, absolutely amazing. I thought, um, I, thought I was just, I was adding enthusiasm. I thought you were going to give a, throw something out there. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just, uh, I, uh, I just, yeah, the times that I went out there, I was like, wow, this is, I don't recall this being a thing before. And it was just amazing. I saw a troop of 10 or 12 girls, uh, young ladies, wh- however they would like to be referred to. If, if you want to let me know, shoot me an email, uh, performing a dance routine from presumably from some cartoon and i'm talking like this is this was rehearsed they'd practiced this this was not like spur of the moment they had their music with them and they played it and they all 10 or 12 of them had specific roles and like there were one of them came up to the front and did a monologue and then danced back into the back and it was amazing like I was like, why is this not inside on a stage? But they just showed up and did it. And then they had some kind of... I felt like every time I walked out there, there was some new kind of game being played in that little lawn area. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Like, it seemed like there were people grouped up doing something over there every time. It was uh, absolutely amazing. Um, I... uh, I will say that um, you know, for for folks who are into uh, comics, it's a bit of a mixed bag, right? Sure, um, sure. I'm not going to lie. Um, as an independent comic creator, it's tough. I don't sell a lot of books at MobileCon. Um, I, I I I have been there. Um, Peter does pretty decently with his artwork. Um, so that, that makes up most of our sales, uh, throughout most of the time that we've done this. Um, so, uh, and the other, there's a lot of other independent creators there, so that's cool. Um, the, the, the promoters, the, of Momocon have made an effort over the last few years to try to bring more comic book content to, to Momocon, and it's a, it's a little sliver but it's there, like, and so you get great guests, um, like Christopher Jones, who did the artwork for uh, the the Third Doctor Titan book that you, you and I, I know both are fans of. Um, uh, Mark Russell, the writer who just did the Flintstones comic, uh, and I guess he's working on currently the Snagglepuss comic, and uh, he's done some other work for DC. Um, so you've got, you know, um, other artists like, uh, Sogol and Genevieve Brumall, um, Tracy Yardley, of course, is a superstar because he was, he did the artwork for Sonic the Hedgehog when it was with Archie for like decades, so it felt like. Yeah, the aforementioned Mark Russell, uh, writer Mark Russell was there and, uh, he, like I said, I mean, at New York, um, and in like the bigger shows, New York, San Diego, whatever, He's going to have a lot of people wanting his time because he's one of the, the hot comic writers right now. And at MobileCon, he can just relax. Even though it's a huge show, he can just relax and have uh, like more personal face time with people who are there for him. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for, for being able to make more of an impression as opposed to just powering through the hordes, you know? Yes, yes. And, you know, it's a little... For an independent creator like myself, it's a, it's fun, but it's also a little frustrating because, you know, I'm not making a lot of money selling books. A lot of people at the, this convention aren't really buying comics, so it's a little difficult for me. But uh, this year I, you know, I had the uh, the the foresight to uh, invest in um, some uh, enamel pins, and those, those were really a hit. So I appreciate everybody who came by the table and, and checked it out and got one of the pins. Those pens are genius. I th- I'm gonna. I think even though I, I have done horribly with merchandising in every way that I've ever tried to do it, I <laughs> think I might try for some pens. Yeah, they're uh, they did pretty. They did me pretty well. So much so that I'm gonna have some. I'm ordering some Tiki Zombie ones made for a uh, Dragon Con. So yeah, I, I think I'm gonna do it. Uh, all right. It, 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 what else? What else can we say about MomoCon? I mean, honestly, that's really. I think we've gotten across. Like my big point was, it's so much fun. There's so much enthusiasm, and like, even though there's honestly not much there that's specifically my interests, 
I had a great time. I will absolutely be going back next year. Uh, I don't see me staying like all four days, but for sure I'll do Saturday and Sunday again like I did this year. Uh, Just the environment is fantastic. It is. It really is. And one of the things that you briefly touched on that I think deserves a a couple more minutes' time is that not only are they really enthusiastic and, and, you know, great uh, fun to watch as far as the kids running around, but um, I also really, really, probably out of all the shows, not probably, out of all the shows that I go to, this is easily the most diverse crowd and not in a, ooh, we're kind of hiding sort of way. No, no, we are who we are. We're proud of it and nobody else minds. We're just being ourselves. And whether that means that, you know, couples that probably couldn't do so in their in their high school or other environments are actually just walking down the aisles holding hands or just not even thinking about what anybody else is, you know, with uh, with any regard. Uh, it's just uh, it's such a refreshing thing to see. I mean, for all the the doom and gloom, we 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 talk about millennials and how the kids today are just this, that, and the other thing. I mean, I I had the complete opposite reaction after uh, spending the weekend with the, all, all these kids at Mocha. Yeah, that, that it's funny because there's you know uh, amongst our generation, there is kind of a snarky feeling of oh the millennials are ruining everything but i'll i'll tell you what uh after seeing that weekend i kind of feel like no actually the millennials are probably going to go a long way towards fixing everything yeah they're going to fix all our broken shit yeah right yeah you know not not just uh you know i'm talking about society and everything like they're they're gonna they're gonna handle all this because we are we're we're too set in how we were brought up no matter how open-minded we might like to be we just don't have what these kids have whatever it is they're gonna take care of it all but you know thanks to momocon we can experience it for a weekend every year that's right exactly uh mike I feel like we've we've done the show justice. What do you think? Yeah, well, I hope we have done the con uh, justice because that's the. I mean, that's the point. I mean, we we really uh, uh, for two like quote unquote old guys uh, <laughs> who it doesn't seem like Momocon is is specifically targeting. Uh, I I hope that they appreciate that we really appreciate what they bring as far as the convention scene, and uh, um, I appreciate them having the opportunity to talk about it. Wait, who are you calling old? (laughs) I said quote, unquote. Awesome. Mike, thank you for coming on the show. And now, tell us, where can we find you online? What are you up to? As always, it's my pleasure. Uh, You can always find me at newlegendmike.com. That's my website where you can check out the aforementioned uh, Hulu. What is it? Uh, Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I just blew that, didn't I? Uh, uh, Marketing fail. Um... Uh, no, you can check out the new Cthulhu Owl pins uh, that uh, Jazz Ingram designed. They look great. Uh, they are for sale on our website. Uh, like I said, newlegendmike.com. And you can listen to me uh, talk about all sorts of crazy things every week on the Earth Station One podcast, ESOpodcast.com. Awesome. Mike, thank you. I would stick around and talk longer, but i got to get this fucker in the can. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, what do I say to that? Uh, Yeah, there's no follow-up to that. It's funny, that track, uh, the interstitial track between the intro and the the meat of the show, as I call it, is, of course, by our friends, the Mystery Men, and it is called The Age of Envy, which is appropriate, because I think Mike and I were both feeling a little envious of the kids at Momocon and their their youth and their enthusiasm and their kindness and their openness. Uh, it really was a great time. Go check out the mysterymenofsurf.com if you like our interstitial music, which you should. Go check out lasexoflex.com if you like the music you're hearing right now. And of course, our friends the Casket Creatures, their new album Return to Wolfton. I will continue putting it over because it is bad ass. 
and I keep listening to it uh, alongside It Sucks. It's This Sucks because Return to Wolfton just came out and I want to listen to it all the time. I've got Losers Club stuck in my head for like a week now and I'm fine with it because it's great. But then also this Ghost album, a band that I never liked before, have put out this prequel, I guess, prequel, prequely, I don't know, I don't know what it's called, uh, prequel, I'll stick with that, and it's great, and I want to listen to it too, and I have Dance Macabre stuck in my head, so I have this weird mishmash of, of Dance Macabre, Losers Club, and, uh, uh, the, the, an emotion song. Uh, I can't remember the name of it right now. It was the Saturday night's main event, I think, theme song for a while. It's, it's just on my head, on and off, all the time, anyway. Uh, which you'd think, that being the case, I would remember the name of the damn song, but I'm tired, you guys. But I sat down, and I did this, because I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vicks employee. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.